Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to yet another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. With us again today, Steve Thompson. Steve's been a guest of ours a couple of times before here on the Road to Rural Prosperity, but uh, we wanted to stop by his place and visit with him for a few minutes today uh, regarding the 2021 state legislative session. That's just uh, been uh, wrapped up. Uh, the uh, signy dies have been said, and it's uh, now in the record books. We'll get into uh, Steve's take on the legislative session for this last several Several months, and uh, of course, uh, he re- represents Oklahoma Farm Bureau as their senior director for public policy in their state headquarters offices in Oklahoma City. Today, our road to rural prosperity being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and loyal to you. And we'll be back with Steve Thompson talking about this 2021 legislative session in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. If you ever find yourself in a dispute, don't forget about the Oklahoma Ag Mediation Program. The Oklahoma Ag Mediation Program has been helping people in agriculture resolve conflicts since 1987. Their professional mediators can help farmers and ranchers and federal agencies work together to reach a good solution without getting into the courts. So the next time a conflict comes up with lease issues or family farm transitions, neighbor disputes, or anything else that might need a mediator, give Oklahoma Ag Mediation a call at 800-248-5465 or go to ok.gov slash mediation. We're talking today with Steve Thompson, who's a senior director for public policy for Oklahoma Farm Bureau. And Steve, uh, we've we've talked off and on throughout the 2021 state uh, legislative session. We've got it in the record books right now. And as you as you look back over these months since January, when we were getting really ready, and even before that, with some of the interim studies, uh, how, how do you feel about uh, where we stand here in early June? You know, looking back, taking stock of, of, of really the, the four months of active session at the Capitol, it's, it really sort of snuck up on us that this, was, this may have been the best legislative year that, that, that I've been a part of. And, and we've been working on these things a variety of ways for, you know, 20-plus years. And uh, there are lots of, of small victories and a few big victories and a lot of grinding away and issues kind of almost from the first day of session to the last and um, whether you talk policy or you talk budget uh, some things that did happen and some things that didn't happen it, it was really very good for agriculture in rural Oklahoma um, Farm Bureau and, and and a lot of our allies this this turned out to be um, kind of a low-key uh, highly successful legislative session I know that uh, we, we always kind of uh, approach legislative activities uh, within the agricultural community of uh, uh, sometimes we need to play offense, sometimes we need to play defense uh, to keep bad things from happening. Uh, which, which, which year was it? Was it more of an offensive year or a defensive year? 
that's really the amazing thing because it was such a mix of both. And so I think that's why we never felt like we had a, a, a momentum that, that you were you were fighting off too many bad things or you were accomplishing too many good things because it was such a mix. And, and I would tell you, our, our really our issue that, that ate up most of the year w- was both. It was on, uh, as we've talked about many times, on the ag sales tax exemption that started off trying to uh, play a, a defense or try to maybe fix something that uh, the tax commission had done that was very uh, very unfortunate and uh, very disadvantageous to our to our members. Uh, we're trying to obtain or or renew that critical exemption, and we ended up having to go on the offense and mid session resurrect uh, a piece of legislation that that we finally got through there really the, the the beginning of the last week of the legislative session so that started off defensive but turned into an offensive victory so you know and, and I, I would tell you the same thing on property taxes we we uh played defenses defense on a municipal ad valorem proposal for public safety for for five years now and finally were able to fight that into a, a place to where it was really had the protection we needed and were able to get the good version, you know, taken care of so that that threat was passed by. Um, so we sort of shifted gears from defense to offense there. And then uh, a, a really dangerous property tax bill that would provide a, a new countywide ad valorem for hazard mitigation purposes uh, that, that that could have resulted in, in a tremendous number of acres uh, having a new property tax. That was prevented from being heard even though it, it had a, a pretty strong path moving forward on it but we we pushed back and so it, it was it was really an odd mix of 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 both offense and defense let's uh, circle back around to that uh, center bill 422 uh, that uh, ag sales tax exemption uh, uh, conversation uh, uh, as you mentioned the Oklahoma Tax Commission had come out and uh, they had decided uh, kind of on their own that they wanted to uh, kind of dictate exactly uh, what it would take for a producer to be able to obtain that exemption going forward uh, that didn't set well with a lot of your members no, it didn't. It, this was really a unique issue. Uh, we, we began to hear about this early in the year as, as a number of county assessors notified producers of the new procedures, and and word began to travel. And and amongst our office here and, and, and talking to legislative staff as well as other ag group folks, nobody knew where it had came from, and we had to dig and dig and dig. And, and sure enough, they had just decided to notify the assessors this is now how it's going to be done. Um, it had had no approval from the legislature. They had had no internal processes through their board to, to get approved. And so uh, it, we reached out and, and worked very diligently for a number of months with their staff to, you know, to, to no success. They, they had determined philosophically and fundamentally that, that they felt like that, that uh, they needed to implement these, these new procedures and, and, working with legal counsel and others, you know, we really feel like, you know, it, it just it just didn't pass the smell test. You know, when you when your gut tells you something, generally you're right and it just never never felt right from the get go. And uh so that that is something as as everybody knows, we hold very very dear in agriculture. It's very important. Um and and it's it's backed up, you know, uh, with very sound tax policy reasons why why it is is set up the way that it is for folks in production agriculture when most of our end products are are taxed uh so it, it it's not a giveaway it's it's not something that's just done to to be friendly to farmers and ranchers and 
it's good for the business community because all of our you know neighboring states have some form of this and 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 if this were to slip away in Oklahoma um you know most most retail business that serves agriculture would really be decimated because business would just find a way to travel across state lines to uh, to to uh to have a more of a competitive advantage so now this 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 was really a sacred issue that uh that that snuck up on everybody and uh uh, we, we've had we've had pretty broad support once we brought that to everyone's attention. So we'll we'll continue to work on that. We're not sure that 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 it's quote unquote fixed. We think we've added some some flexibility, but you know, um, uh, approximately a third of those uh, uh, permits will expire this this summer or actually here coming up soon here at the end of June. And so we're we're anxiously waiting to see how that process will go. We we've, we've passed some new new guidelines through the legislature on that in, in Senate Bill 422, but it's really up to the Tax Commission and then by extension the assessors that they work with to, to see how they're going to uh, implement that. So uh, we, we're we anxiously uh, uh, awaiting how that's going to play itself out this summer. So if there's uh, screams out in the country uh, because of uh, maybe this thing not still being fixed, uh, it may be something that that'll, you'll still have to address down the road then. Absolutely, we, we, it's, it's really important that, that that we have a communication with our folks around the state and 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 similar organizations, as well as we work very closely, you know, with the Ag Co-op Council and the Agribusiness Retailers Association on the retail side. That that we all talk, and and that's one of the I think unique things about Oklahoma agriculture is is, is almost all sectors that have such a positive working relationship, and from Secretary Arthur to Department of Ag on down through our you know members in the. In the countryside, we 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 tr- tend to stick together pretty well, and so this is one of those things that that if folks have problems, we encourage them to share them uh, uh, all around so that we can know what, what what needs to be addressed. And I can assure you, we will we will go to war to try to fix it. But we uh, we need uh, we need feedback, I guess. You know, we're all pretty much grassroots organizations, so we we need to to know how that works itself out. But uh, I, I it would not surprise me if this is not an issue we have to tackle again um, after we see what the next step is. I, I was uh, very uh, interested in how the uh, the uh, uh, barnyard uh, co- coalition came together. Uh, it seemed like there, there was a better working relationship on this particular issue than maybe we had seen in quite a while. No, absolutely. Uh, the, we uh, we we visit pretty regular. Uh, we're 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 engaged as, as a coalition um, uh, on a regular basis. But this was such a core thing. I think we were able to to get everybody uh, headed the the same direction. Now, now I'll tell you, it took us a while to to uh, to gel over a, a you know a cohesive strategy. I think that was was my good friend Michael Kelsey had said kind of midstream there that we were struggling. How do we deal this? And 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 part of it was we we didn't come come together over here. Here is exactly how we want to tackle this. Because honestly, we we were shocked at <laughs> that that the tax commission had had, had done this and had refused to. Uh, to, to address this in a positive manner. And so, uh, I mean, we're, we're all pretty positive folks. We, we assume that, you know, we share a legitimate concern and, and the folks across the table from us are going to want to, uh, do their best to take care of it. And that's just not what we found here. So, so no, our, our, our group, uh, uh, the barnyard, as you say, uh, was, was incredibly, um, cohesive on this and, and everyone, um, such a core issue that no one was scared to speak up and really make some noise on that. And so, uh, when the, when the family uh, uh, was attacked, I think everybody uh, um, circled the wagons and and was willing to fight back. 
mentioned, uh, Steve, a few moments ago about uh, some of the property tax uh, issues that uh, and again, this is something that uh, most of the agricultural groups that uh, are have a presence at the Capitol, uh, they have a lot of interest in. And I know Farm Bureau is, is really kind of at the top of that list as far as uh, the things that you pay attention to uh, when uh, those kind of things are talked. And and it sound, sounds like uh, this was something that really had to be dealt with here in 2021. Property. Property taxes are, are I, I would argue, is just much of a cornerstone issue for us at Farm Bureau as 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 almost anything that that there is. You know, private property rights, which we also had a very good session on, uh, and and property taxes, and and it's something that we have been uh, heavily engaged in for for probably since the beginning of the organization, and 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 the the municipal issue we 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 worked and we fought and 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 succeeded for. For several years, but that was, was truly slipping away from us. Every year, it got a little bit harder. We made a little progress and a little progress, and and that this was, this was finally that tipping point where where we had got uh, all of our important issues protected in there, and and with redistricting and and some of the shift from uh, rural to urban uh, majorities in the legislature, now was was really the time to kind of secure the. You know the protections that we had fought so hard, whether it be uh, uh, exemptions for ag zone land and livestock, or the the increased vote threshold, the supermajority uh, uh, requirement for approval. To uh, this year, we also added in an exemption for implements of husbandry. So, uh, pretty much all farm equipment, uh, trailers, tractors, combines, ATVs, things like that that you use in production ag, were taken off the table for that tax. So. So it, it, it was time because there, there were a number of threats out there uh, on the horizon that we had to deal with. So this, this was an issue that we really needed to put behind us. And so um, because of how, how well our members had engaged a number of, of years over that to push back, we worked very closely with the city of Tulsa and their leaders, as well as a few of the other municipal interests, uh, to put together what, what we really feel like is, is as good a protection for agriculture and, and rural areas as we were ever going to be able to achieve. When you uh, start uh, talking about legislative session, you always have to think about uh, the, the end game, and the end game is the budget. Uh, when you look back to the December-January time period, uh, I know that there was a lot of worry about how many dollars actually they could spend here in 2021, but it, it, at the end of the day, not so bad. That's exactly right. Six months ago, uh, I, I was preaching doom and gloom, and everyone needed to prepare for the worst. But uh, as much as I hate to say it, because I, I think we all had some serious policy concerns about the amount of stimulus dollars that were coming from, from Washington in the last year, I do think that, that a lot of that, that money that worked its way through our economy kept things afloat, and Oklahoma fared better than most places when it came to that. And uh, we we were we were just so proud that that a number of our priority issues received the attention they did. Um, we we've been we've been preaching at the top of our lungs about the need for rural broadband expansion in Oklahoma uh, for several years, and and this was the first time that 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 we've experienced an actual investment of this magnitude in in state dollars. And forty two million dollars for a new. Uh, sales tax rebate program for for folks that offer um, broadband services in expanded rural areas. And we know we need a tremendous amount more, and we're going to continue to work with the federal government to match some of that money. 
but the uh, the state investment was was not just a a you know lip service pat on the back saying we agree we also think it's needed this was an actual investment from from the legislature that uh, that we think is is quite critical and and and, and the same thing for for OSU extension that that's that's a priority of ours um, you know Farm Bureau and Extension have a long history. And uh, we, we each have a presence in all 77 counties and a very close working relationship. And, and they, they had really been neglected um, over the last decade until recently. And so we're proud to see them get another little little investment of a couple million dollars as well as a million dollars for the uh, Ag Experiment Station for OSU Ag Research. Uh, and, you know, and even more more close close here in Oklahoma City type things, working with the Department of Agriculture and 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 money for uh, a few more um, meat processing facility inspectors. You know, we all know where we've been with supply chain and the bottleneck on uh, meat processing last year. One of the limiting factors was getting more state-inspected uh, officials into those plants so they can expand or even some of the new ones we think may be coming online in the next year or so. So, so we're really proud that, that the budget worked out the way it was. We saw some so some tax cuts on, on on a few areas, as well as a significant investment in in the state's rainy day fund, because we know how cyclical our economy is, and so we'll be back back in a hole before before we know it. So that's a, a key priority that Governor Stitt has had since he's been there that that we're very supportive of. So uh, it 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 truly it probably couldn't have worked out better um, budget wise uh, for 2021 at the legislature. When you uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, draw the conclusions and uh, obviously you have to kind of wait just like you're going to have to wait on uh, 422 to make sure that everything that you put into that uh, that bill actually comes to pass as far as the regulations that are that are adopted by the tax commission. You know, at the end of the day, you feel I, I take it that you do feel pretty good about uh, this session when it relates to rural Oklahoma and to uh, to your organization, to Farm Bureau specifically, absolutely. It, it was. It was. You know, we we had so many victories when, when we look back at the end of the day. There, there is. There's no doubt that it, it got an A grade. I'd, I'd say maybe A A minus. The only thing keeping it from being an A plus is, you know, we we've we've seen such an incredible rise in the um, marijuana growing industry in our state, and had so many concerns across rural Oklahoma about the effect that's going to have that that we as an organization nor the legislature I think really has been able to get their arms around what is the appropriate um, uh, level of whether it is is, is regulation or uh, s- some of the other factors that go along with that uh, we, 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 we're as you know put together a, a, an industry task force to try to work together to analyze that and hopefully next year when we go back we'll have have a uniform set of, of recommendations to the legislature because we had we had all year long. We had heard concerns from from our members about that, and and it, it came up on us so quick. It, it really it, it's been the, the the emerging issue of 2021 in Oklahoma that we didn't have a solid ass. We didn't have a policy foundation. We didn't know what it was that we might need. We just we just knew our members were were, were very concerned about that, and we had hoped that the legislature might figure out the right way to to approach that. But there wasn't a, a tremendous amount of progress made in that area, but. We're we're going to get to work pretty hard and heavy uh, as as a task force and a group of industry stakeholders over the summer and fall, so that we 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 will be prepared uh, with with some concrete uh, requests of of the state and perhaps the, the federal government um, uh, uh, in, in the very near future. Well, you got to have something to do, right, Steve? <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. We uh, 
we're we're not uh, we're not going to get on the golf course just yet. So we'll we'll go back to work here and see what we can do. And then we're 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 excited, you know, at Farm Bureau to get off into our policy development. You know, we we had to take last year off uh, for the pandemic, so we're mm-hmm. we're back with a full slate of August area meetings and and policy resolution meetings. And so uh, we're 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 all just tickled to death to be able to gather together and and work together and. And and hopefully um, be carrying the message from from our rural counties uh, here to the state capitol. Thank you, Steve. Steve Thompson on the road to rural prosperity. Steve, the senior director for public policy for Oklahoma Farm Bureau. And that does it for this edition of the road to rural prosperity. We'll see you soon down the road. I'm Ron Hayes. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and oklahomafarmreport.com proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.